Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Ultimately, they've got to come to a decision about what's best for this franchise. And again, what did the Jaguars do in the draft last year? They drafted a franchise quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Who's the most important person in that entire organization? The quarterback. So why would you not do everything you could to protect that quarterback? Again, they still need more help up front on the offensive line. And they might decide to go with Trayvon Walker. They might decide to go with Aiden Hutchinson, though that seems less and less likely by the day. I just look at the offensive side of the football, and I say, why not help an offensive-minded head coach? Why not help a franchise quarterback? Why not make a pick like that to protect your future? Shut up, Schefter. Get him. Get him, Brent. You're not getting them, Brent. I mean, you can have his opinion, but I don't. It is, you know, so I, I say this a lot about Schefter. It's funny. He did so much inside info. It's interesting when he shares his opinion to me. It's true. Like, that was totally opinion-based. Yeah. There was nothing like, hey, I've heard this, that. And Schefter's funny to me because they've asked him more to share his opinion. and probably have for a long time, but we know Schefter because of the scoop. Do you think that does anything when he's like, well, they're probably going to take Trayvon Walker, but they should take offensive line. Like, do you think more about it? Like, did you just, like, give your hand on accident? Yeah, I don't think so. I honestly, I don't think Adam Schefter knows who they're taking. No, I don't either. I don't think, listen, I don't think Trayvon Walker knows if they're taking him. I don't think Aiden Hutchinson knows they're taking him. I mean, I know they don't know they're taking him. They wouldn't tell him. They can have a good feel. Of course, those guys at the top have a feeling like they could take me. Right. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. But... I don't know how many people in that building really do know who they're taking or where they're leaning. I think it's very minimal. Again, I've, I said this in the first hour of the show. Jags do a terrific job of that. They have not won a lot of games, but they do a terrific job of kind of hiding who they're picking. They don't tip their hand very often. Sometimes, listen, you're going to guess right. It's going to be enough guesses. And it's it's not – I think it's pretty easy. It's either Hutchinson or Walker. Uh, you listening in your car right now or wherever you're listening could easily say – it's uh, Neil or Walker or Neil Hutchinson Walker. I don't think the offensive linemen are in play. That's why I totally disagree with Schefter, too. Like, uh, I, I just don't see that. Again, this is this all changed, by the way. The crazy thing about the whole – the Jags' whole draft changed of who they would pick because they tagged Cam Robinson. Factual, yes. Like, let's go back in time for a moment. Not a long time. If they don't tag Cam Robinson – who are the Jags taking? Oh, yeah. I mean. Well, if they let me ask you this, though. If they don't tag Cam Robinson, do they go get Arden Key or do they go get Armstead or something like that? Well, maybe Armstead. Okay. But I'm thinking more pass rusher-wise. Do they go get Chandler Jones? Uh, I see what you're saying. Because they left a hole when they didn't go get a pass rusher. Sure, they added some depth, but they didn't cover the spot. And so that's what fascinates me is, like, how much would this be if the Jags took Arden Key and did exactly what they did in free agency and did not tag Cam Robinson? Well, then now it's wide open. I mean, it's absolutely wide open. They could take offense. In fact, I probably would lean toward offensive line. I would say, yeah, there's probably a bigger hole. You don't have a left tackle potentially. Or 
we could be talking about Walker Little in that spot. But it would make a lot more sense, is my point. And I, I just... Then what would they have done at pass rusher? Now, it's $16 million, and they plan to spend even more, by the way. So would they have solidified the pass rush spot better? Or, to your point, could they have gone and gotten an Armstead or somebody else? But that would moot the point. Robert's in the show. <laughs> we shocked his mock. Now <laughs> hey, he's Robert, defending Charles Cross. Charles Cross has the best feet in pass protection. There you go. Yeah, but it's when maybe they stutter they, and run. Maybe That's Charles the Cross would then be perfect if uh, they didn't sign Cam Robinson. But to your point, yeah. It's a good call. But here we are. We made the bed, and now we're in it. And it's not going to be offensive line. Adam Schefter. Yeah, I just don't see it, guys. I really don't. I, I mean, I understand. I see. I get a lot of people say offensive line. I, I, I know you're stuck on it. Like, I don't understand. I really can't. Like, I don't, I don't think you're thinking logically if you're stuck on offensive line. It just, there's, it's almost illogical at this point. I had this discussion with some of the Jags media after the, pre-draft luncheon like I don't see the sense of it yeah and I'm just a I, I try to play these this game logically now the only sense you can make in it is blue chip player give me a blue chip player I don't think Hutchinson's a blue chip player I don't think Trayvon Walker's a blue chip player I think Evan Neal or Equando's a blue chip player and I'm gonna get as many and they did say that the pre-draft luncheon I'm gonna go get as many good players as I can sometimes Best player available fits need. Sometimes it doesn't, but we need good players, and we need more good players. I get it, but don't you want your good players to play in, like, significant positions? Here's the deal. If they, if they take an offensive lineman, then don't extend Cam Robinson. Simple as that for me. Just don't do it, but they've already basically said they are going to do it. Uh, and I think their whole outlook could have changed on this draft if they didn't. And, I, and I'm okay with them tagging Cam Robinson. It did surprise me at the time if we go back to that day. It surprised me they were doing it. I thought they had a better chance actually to tag DJ Chark. Like, would you have tagged DJ Chark for that uh, same amount of money and not given Zay Jones the money and left an opening on left tackle? Would that have been a smarter play for the Jacks? In hindsight, watching what they did in free agency after they tagged Cam Robinson, would it have been better off tagging DJ, not signing Jones, as in Zay Jones, and using that money, and then drafting a left tackle? I think you can make the play now. Which scenario is better? And you might like that one better. Then there's some logic involved in going after and getting an offensive lineman. Then it makes sense. But to the question you asked, like, I, I think if you want to make a hole somewhere, a top-notch spot to not make a hole for your own fault is at left tackle. Like, if you make it a receiver, okay, there's plenty of receivers you can, you can get. But at left tackle, is Cam the best left tackle in the league? No. But is he worth really letting walk away? Probably not, because then you pigeonhole yourself in the draft where you have no other option, in my opinion, at least. Like, now, at least there's an option here where you can say, all right, you know, guard, whatever. doesn't make any sense. But if you let Cam walk, you have no option. Yeah, you, you then have you real. to like, do it. That would make the what, what you just heard from Schefter, that would ring true. Then it would make sense, yeah. Yeah, it would make a lot of sense. Like, I would probably be doing the same. I'd be like, hey, you got to go do this now. That's, this just solidify that. Protect Trevor. Get your 10-year guy. Because I, I will say this about this whole draft. As we continue to talk about it, if you... If you ask me the odds on, if I could go to Vegas and put money on the player that will be the most productive, the player 
that will have the best career. Sure, I could see Hutchinson being the guy. Mm-hmm. Sure, I could see Walker being the guy. But I probably wouldn't put my money on those guys. Mm-hmm. I'd probably put my money on the left tackles. Okay. Yeah, I go Drake London, but that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, out of the four that we think the Jags are taking. Okay? Yeah, I get you. I probably would go the tack. I really would. I think I would go. I'd go actually Evan Neal over Aquanu. But it's probably a little more because I don't know as much about Aquanu, didn't watch as much NC State, have a better feel for, I think, the versatility and, and what uh, Neil did in college. And, and so I probably would take the safe bet. This, like everybody talks about Aiden Hutchinson saying that's the safest bet. No, really, the safest bet for the Jags probably is one of these offensive linemen. The safest bet at number one might be one of the offensive linemen. It's just an illogical pick, in my opinion. Like, yeah. It's no fun. Yeah. Well, it's not that it's no fun. It just doesn't make sense. No, it's no fun. <laughs> Actually. It makes sense. Uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, weather like this, days like today, northeast Florida, I think fishing does. But every time I say that, Captain Rick Riles says, nope, not a good fishing day. Too much wind. Let's see what he's saying today. Florida Sports and Fishing Report. What's up? Happy Monday. Happy draft week, Captain Rick. <laughs> Happy draft week to you. I, you know, I've just been thinking, and you've got uh, the greatest job in the world, but, man, after next week, what are you going to talk about until August? Probably robotic umpires. <laughs> that could be. That could be indeed. Oh, my goodness, what a great weekend. What a great Sunday, anyway. The uh, Jody Lynn, too, a huge catch of Mahi. had 21 nice gaffer Mahi. Now, in most years, that really wouldn't be a huge catch, but this year's been pretty tough on Mahi, so we're glad to see that many in our area. Close to the shore, there's quite a few boats Kobe are fishing today, even as we speak, but they haven't done much. There's a world of Spanish mackerel from the sea buoy all the way down to the area we call the Red Tops, the Red Top Condos. If you want to go get your limit of Spanish, it shouldn't be any problem. Mill Cove this morning gave up some flounder, also gave up some nice redfish. Fishing is just really good, and we're going to get a dream window Tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a beautiful day. I'll sure be out my heat fishing. If I'm late tomorrow, you'll know why. Uh, Wednesday, the wind starts to pick up a little bit again, so I wouldn't miss tomorrow. I'd call in sick right now if it was up to me, but you can count on us. We'll hopefully be back tomorrow afternoon to bring you another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CSS Landscaping. Thank you, boys. Thanks, Catherine. Appreciate it, man. Have a good night. Uh, Florida Sportsman Fishing Report each and every day. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Catch the show Saturday mornings as well, 7 a.m. on ESPN 690. Let's get to Stephen uh, here on a Monday of draft week. We've shocked his mock already earlier uh, in the month, and now draft day awaits, Stephen. What you got today? Hey, not too much. Uh, well, Austin's not there, but I'll get your opinion on this. Uh, and well, mine's the only one that matters, Stephen. Oh, oh, my fault on that one. Uh, my, my question basically is, since logically it's pass rusher at number one, I don't know what the whole hype train is with Bulky falling in love with Basically, a coach falling in love at the combine with somebody's athleticism and measurables. But in your opinion, I mean, do you want somebody who has, who can have possibly a good upside to him? Or with our team, do you want surefire production? So I think that's what people mean by safe. We know what we're getting with Aiden Hutchinson. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Yeah, I got you. No, I got you. Um, I follow you here. And yeah, listen. Um, 
I also, I don't think there'd never be a bust in the NFL draft if just because you had 14 sacks one year in college, you were going to do that every single year in the NFL. And you were going to produce like that in the NFL. I mean, we've seen plenty of, listen, there are plenty of busts all the times. They don't produce the way they did in college for a multitude of reasons. So I think this is about projection, whether the guy had 14 sacks or six. And some guys project better in the NFL, even if they produce less in college. I brought up the NBA earlier. This happens all the time in the NBA. Yeah. The most productive player in the NBA sometimes doesn't even get, I'm sorry, in college basketball, doesn't even get drafted. Can't even play in, in the NBA. That's fair. And not, uh, listen, one of the best college football players of all time is who? Tim Tebow. Didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's, it's not, I, I think we get caught up in the project. I think we get caught up in projection sometimes too much, but I think we get caught up in production now all of a sudden to kind of help spin where we want this thing to be. It's still just one year of Aiden Hutchinson. Now, here's how I spin that. I think Aiden Hutchinson could be a really good player. I think he's a good player. I think you kind of do know what you're going to get out of him. And if you project that to be a fit at the NFL level, because that's what these guys get paid to do, I, I don't believe the knock on Hutchinson of he's already hit his ceiling or he doesn't have much room to get to the ceiling. Like, he's an 8-foot ceiling instead of 12-foot ceiling guy. Like, I don't buy that. I think this guy is coming off his best year of football probably in his life. And why wouldn't I project that to continue? He's going to get better coaching. He's going to get bigger and stronger probably. He's all those things at the NFL level. And so why wouldn't I project him to be even better? I I think there's plenty of room for growth for Aiden Hutchinson. But just because Trayvon Walker in that scheme and that defense with all those stars didn't have 14 sacks doesn't mean he's not going to be a great player in the NFL. Like, that's super short-sighted. And so you can't get caught up in just the, the production there. So I think that's why so many people want Hutchinson, Stephen, to your point, is because they've seen him do it. And we have scar tissue here in Jacksonville. And I've got scar tissue in Jacksonville. Like, I agree. Like... I like the idea of Walker. If the Baltimore Ravens were picking number one, I think we'd all like the idea of Walker. You know why? Because they've produced, they've groomed, they've, they've figured out how to get the best out of a guy, out of a player in almost every round. But just in this instance, if you give the Jacksonville Jaguars Trayvon Walker or you give the Baltimore Ravens Trayvon Walker, who do you think he's playing better for? Well, the trends would say he's going to play better for Baltimore. Right. Same thing for, like, a Pittsburgh Steelers team. So that's why we don't love the Walker pick, because we've got scar tissue. And we're not convinced that the Jaguars are going to use this guy to the best of his ability and get the maximum out of him, because, quite frankly, Jags haven't done that with a lot of players in the top ten. And that's just the way the book has been written so far. I think there's a big if with Walker. If they use him correctly... If they groom him, if if they coach him, if they do all the things you're supposed to do at the NFL level, this guy has a chance to be a really good player and a really dynamic player. And I'm okay with the pick. But it does come with the caveat of if. I think what a lot of people like in Hutchinson is you can say, Brent, well, we don't need to coach him up as much as you think we need to coach Walker up. You, you don't need to give him all the best stuff. He's already got some stuff that's going to produce at least X amount at the NFL level because we think – 
that even if he got 14 sacks in college, he might not get 14 in his rookie year, but I bet he gets eight. That's what we're convinced of. Right. But if you really talk to football people, they'll still tell you getting eight sacks as a rookie is, like, really hard. Like, what Josh Allen did as a rookie is really hard to do, ten and a half sacks. It just doesn't happen very often. So I think it's a bit of our mentality in this whole situation. Um, and I don't know if I'm answering your question, really, Stephen, because I think – the best organizations will get the guy they think they can make the best player. I don't know how that measures up, and I think it's really hard for us on the outside looking in to know that because we don't know who Trayvon Walker is. We don't know any of his intangibles. We don't know his mindset. We haven't done the homework of let's talk to his coach in high school and his coach here and his coach there. Same with Aiden Hutchinson. We think Aiden Hutchinson's going to be good because we've seen – uh, honestly, I really feel this. Like, we've seen white pass rushers like Joe, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, J.J. Watt produce. We saw that his dad had, has, like, a college football NFL pedigree. And so we're like, okay, he's going to be good. Like, I really feel like that's why we think Aiden Hutchinson's going to be good, more than the fact that he ran the three-cone drill at the combine pretty well, or even better than most people thought. It gives us, like, this comfort level because we can measure him to other guys. You can see it, yeah. Well, Trevon Walker... Might be Micah Parsons. Just different. Aren't we getting in trouble, though? Well, we might be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we're less, I think we're less willing to say Trayvon Walker is going to be Micah Parsons and have the impact and versatility that guy had than we are likely to say, well, Aiden Hutchinson's done it because we've seen it over the last 10 years. Yeah. Look at guys like him. Look at Max Crosby. Again, I mean, I think we get caught up in almost like the stereotypical outlook at these two players. And um, we see more Dante Fowler and Trayvon Walker because we've been, what, scarred by Dante Fowler. Didn't have a ton of production in college. Why did they take him where they took him in the top five? He didn't pan out. So, again, it doesn't make it a bad pick to pick Trayvon Walker. It's the Jags' responsibility to be right about the pick and also get the most out of the pick. And it's also Trayvon Walker's to get the most out of his skill set. Absolutely. We just got to stop comparing him to Micah Parsons. It's going to be like week four. We're going to be like, where's the Micah Parsons? Yeah, Micah Parsons just, he's probably, I understand. It's probably not even a good comparison. Like, have you seen comparisons for Trayvon Walker? Like, honestly, I do wonder if they put a weight on him. He's not that far off from being a guy like Calais. Like, he might be a better comp to Calais. Depending on how you use him. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities you have to use him. In, in in this specific pick, I guess you could say. So you're going to figure out the way you want to use him, and that's what you're going to do. So you can't – it's hard to compare a guy when you could do three or four different things with him, that's one I guess. Thing, yeah, and the one thing, like, I've talked about Austin. Like, Austin doesn't like him uh, in parts because he's 272, 275 pounds. And it's like, well, you're not supposed to move like that at 275. You've got to be, like, 260. Well, if the guy's just freaky and can move like that, then he's freaky and can move like that. That's fair. Or you put weight on him and you make him – you know, more of a defensive lineman than an edge guy. I don't know. But, but it feels like either way you have to do something. Yeah, you can't be in between. You can't yeah. just, and that's kind of scary. I've always said this about Jags, like, give me a plan. You know what the plan was with Trevor Lawrence? It was, the bed was made for him. Yeah. Give me a plan at what you're picking. What do you, like, you'd love to ask him that. What do you want him to do? What are you going to ask of him to do? I, I, be transparent about that and then stick to it. So we all know. Stick to it. So we're not sitting here waiting for him to Micah Parsons when he's actually going to Calais. That's a good point, right? Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
into the NFL draft this coming weekend and your team's like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the you know Carolina Panthers, Seattle Seahawks, Atlanta Falcons or whatever, and you are sitting there in the fifth round and you, maybe you have uh, drafted – you obviously haven't drafted a quarterback – and Baker Mayfield's available for a fifth-round pick, you're sitting there going, I could take this fifth-round pick, send it to Cleveland, probably pay Baker Mayfield somewhere of 8 to $10 million this year, yes, because his salary is 19. Cleveland's going to have to eat some of that. And I'm going to get a guy that's two years ago threw for 27 touchdowns and eight interceptions, that four years ago was the number one pick of the draft. I mean, if you get that for the a, a fifth-round pick, if you get that for, Baker, for a fifth-round pick, you're looking at having the steal of the NFL draft. Is that Orlovsky? Yep. Got a bad tweet about bagels. Yeah, you know, that was a great tweet, actually. I was going to bring that up. You don't like cream cheese? No, it's gross. Now, bagels in New York City are good. I've only been once. I didn't get a bagel. The But cream cheese is gross, for sure. I, I'm not, like, I don't mind cream cheese at all. But I'm not, like, I don't love it, love it. It's not good. You can have a certain, like, you can have too much cream cheese. Oh, yeah, you can. But there are some great, like, dips, you know, chips and dip type stuff. Sure. That have cream cheese in it. Like, really good ones. I hear you. You ever have, like, that Harry and David, like, uh, like dip? Yeah, don't like it. You got to put cream cheese in it? Oh, man, it's so good. It's the best one. Can't do it. It's the best one. Speaking of food, I was actually just, uh, ironically, I was going to ask, do you like beets? No. No? Absolutely not. I would think that's I'm not like Dwight Schrute, bro. I was like, you what? Not Dwight Schrute from The Office. He was a beet farmer. Ah, yeah. Do you like, uh, I'm, I would think beets is a, kind of like a, would get a negative reaction to a lot of people. Absolutely. I like beets. You look like the type of guy that would like beets. <laughs> I do like beets, but actually, you know, it's, if I go, recently I have found out that I don't mind like it'll, like a beet salad. That is disgusting. It's really good. I'm looking at you different. I'm looking at myself a little different, too. I'm just getting older, I think. Like, I don't think I would have eaten beet salad 20 years ago, but now I'm eating beet salad. Because I'm like Ew. a blue, ch- I'm like a regular salad guy with blue cheese or a chopped blue cheese salad guy or whatever it is, chopped okay. salad. Um, I don't mind like a Caesar salad, but I'd rather probably have a regular salad. And then I don't try any of the other salads. Like, the, yeah. you name the salad. Like, I don't try it. I'm pretty good on Caesar. That's where I stop. Caesar and yeah. or a regular garden salad. Yeah, but I, I tell you, like I've tried it in a couple different places over the last, I would say, two years. Beet salad, and I like it every time I have it. There are multiple locations serving beet salad. Oh, yeah, still like in business. Thing. Of course, it's a thing because it's like healthier, probably. Like I don't know, beets are supposed to be good for your heart. I think. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the story. You know, how they say like carrots are good yeah, for your eyes is. and stuff. Yeah, uh, I think beets are good for your heart. Oh, I don't know if that's the red and red tie-in or what. Could be. You know. Now, beets will stay in the hell out of things. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, random thought because I had beet salad today. That's what you're eating? Yeah, I had a prepared meal, and it was beet salad, and it was damn good. Ew. No. It's crazy. It is. It's like I, I wouldn't, listen, I mean. It's character development to the fullest. I like gummy worms and beet salad. That's a weird mix. I'm not Wait, the same together? Time. Oh. Just saying, most people really like gummy worms and Skittles and Mike and Ike's probably aren't, like, eating beet salad very often. I don't think anybody's eating beet salad but you. I don't like gummy worms also, to be honest. Uh, what the hell, dude? I mean, I don't like, like gummy worms? I don't like gummy things. Like, I don't Really? Like yeah, I swear. Like, Skittles are fine, but that's a different that's type That's not of, a gummy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you just... I love gummy. 
Gumby things. No, I can't do it. Oh, it's my favorite. Like, they used to serve the little dessert at school, and it was like the gummy worms in the, like, ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Guys, and it was like, nah. It's a little pass. tough because they get, they firm up a little bit. Only day in the history of school I didn't have the dessert. Really? Whenever they brought out the nasty gummy. I forget what they called it. They call it, like, garbage Amanda, something. if you're listening, do you know who this guy is? Yeah, she likes the gummy stuff. Of course she should. Yeah, it works out well for her because, like, I won't eat it out of the pan. You know what I mean? Like, like, when she buys it, she knows she's getting all of it. You know, like, when you go to those places, like, uh, whether it's in the mall or maybe it's, like, St. Augustine or Savannah or whatever, and they'll have, like, a candy shop. Yeah. And, like, the candy per pound's like, $742 per quarter pound. Yeah. You know? Nice. Super yeah. expensive. Yes. But, like... I'm not touching anything but the gummy stuff. No, I want the watermelon no. stuff. I want the, the sour watermelon. I want the uh, Swedish fish are the best. Like all-time greatest oh. thing is Swedish fish. No. Gummy worms. More than gummy bears. Uh, hot tamales are a go-to for me. That's not really gummy. Yeah, I'm fine with that. in the family. Like, I can do that. So, yeah, that's it. Went from beets to gummy bears. All worms. of it's gross overall. So what's your favorite kind of candy? I like anything with peanut butter. So, so like, like Reese's Reese's, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup? Yeah. Reese's By the way, like, I like Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Mm. I don't like Reese's Pieces at all. Really? I hate them. See, now that's just Gross. not right. Really? Why? I think it's just too much, like whatever it is. And I like peanut butter, but I don't I like the butter. mix of the Reese's Pieces. Huh. But I like the mix of the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. My favorite candy going right now is the Reese's Bar. And it has Reese's Pieces in the bar. Yeah, see, that's something, like, Steph would do, too. Like, yeah. She's good people. Um, <laughs> she's pretty good. Um, so, anyway, I don't like it. Hey, uh, are the Yankees the worst fans in sports? Oh, number one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, Aaron, by the way, Lifesaver flavor gummies, yeah, they are, they are awesome. Like, that is a great, like, I'll eat that tray in, like, two seconds because they, they sit in a tray. Aaron, I'm with you, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. All right, keep, sorry, Yankee fans. Yankee yeah. fans are like Reese's Pieces. No, absolutely not. They're, but uh, they're like gummy worms or beets, if you're following the, the conversation. Yeah, no, that was horrible. Uh, they tried to come in my boy Miles uh, from the 941, by the way. Uh, that's why we, we respect him down there, and that didn't, that didn't work out well. He jumped up on the, uh, on the wall and told the fans what he thought. Have you seen that video, by the way? I did, yeah. Like, yeah, listen. that's the okay. guy right there. You know me, right? Hate the Yankees. Hate him. Like him a little more this year because of my man Travis Chapman, but hate the Yankees. Yep. And... Uh, I will say this. I don't think the Yankees fans are awful. Hmm. I think they're – I've told this story before now. I covered every game of the ALCS in 2003-2004. This is old Yankee Stadium. It's Red Sox-Yankees. I would not take my kids to that. It was like you could feel it, man. Like you could – it was It was probably what Do Giants-Dodgers is. It's probably like sometimes – like Steph was actually kind of like nervous when she watched the Raiders and Jags play. Really? Like, they were that intense. Dang. Yeah. And so... And they lost. But but that... Uh, now, this was, like, years ago. Was oh, I thought you meant the yeah, Garden. Um, but you... Like, Yankee... That series, 2003-2004, when things heat up, yeah. and it's intense, and it was intense, and, you know, those were two awesome series, it was... You could feel the tension in the concourse because we had to walk all the way up to the concourse to go to where the media auxiliary yeah. seating was mm -hmm. and it I was I just remember thinking I remember to this day I was like I would not bring if I had like a five-year-old kid a 10-year-old kid I don't think I'd bring him like it felt like something was going to happen like you can awesome. really feel the intensity 
in that so stadium. Cool, and it was kind of cool, but you can feel it. Yeah. So that being said, I don't think Yankees fans are terrible. Now, there's always bad fans. I mean, there's always stupid stuff. What I don't understand is the last – it's an interesting first couple weeks of baseball because you have Tim Anderson flipping off the fans. Yeah. And he got suspended. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously Kyrie did that, but that's a different sport. Mm-hmm. And now you have this – where he can't go up and, and and climb the wall and confront the fans. Like, what could they have said that is so bad, like that you haven't heard now as you're a big leaguer? I mean, he's defending the, his guy. The high school kids get heckled. You get heckled be- worse in college than you do probably in the pros. Like, these guys have heard everything. You can't bring that. You can't. I think he was in the wrong to do that. The fans shouldn't be throwing stuff on the field. You know what I actually applaud the most here? Aaron Judge. No, all of them. The Yankees yeah. came out of the dugout. And they tried to make it right. They understood the situation. And they were like, what are we doing here? Like, I was good good on them. Yeah. Embarrassing, um, for sure. But embar- embar- they did the right thing. Yeah, Agreed. they did. Embarrassing that they had to go out there. Yeah. Like, I mean, when they think about it after the fact, they're like, really? It's a bad. I don't. Do they throw stuff on the field if he doesn't climb the wall? I think yes. Oh, you think they still would have? Eh. Because here's the thing: like he would. I don't know. That's a tough call to make. Like, I don't think they would have. And listen, you, I'm coming from a guy who hates the Yankees. All right, I'd love to pummel the Yankees here, and the fans. Like, I just, I'm just telling you, I think he, you exacerbate it a little bit, and then Yankee fans gonna bow up, right? <laughs> and your guy from the Bronx isn't backing down. No. <laughs> so, um, I, I just. First of all, bad look for the fans, bad look for the Yankee Stadium, all that stuff. But I just don't think, and I'm not saying Straw did anything like crazy wrong. He didn't punch anybody, he didn't do anything. But it's the same situation we had it in Jacksonville. The Seattle guy goes oh, up in the yeah, stands, right? That's right. You can't, you can't embrace the fans that way. Like you, you just can't. I mean, I understand. Like they say stuff, and they probably shouldn't say some of the stuff, and some of the stuff that happens. But I gotta believe. Fellas, that you've heard it all by now. Like, there's nothing you have not heard. No, but, I mean, he's it, the way that it's understood is he was standing up for his guy that got hurt on the play. I and know. cheering a guy get hurt. I know. And listen, I don't care if you're from the Bronx so or where. So kill him in the postgame. Say they're the worst fans, but don't jump on the wall. I don't know. L- l- listen, easy for me to say. Easy for us to say in hindsight. I'm just telling you, I don't think they would have thrown stuff on the field if he doesn't go up there. Maybe. You don't want that problem, though. I promise. I don't care if you're from the Bronx, Queens, wherever the New York fans are You don't are want from. the Miles Straw problem. You do not want the problem. Miles Straw would have got his, like, he's got his ass kicked up there. No, sir. Yes, he would Not Miles Straw now. <laughs> he's from the 941. We don't play. Listen, I'd love to say he wouldn't, but he would have. First of all, freak athlete to get that high. And <laughs> he, made, pretty, he made it effortless, too. He made the business decision to not go in the stands because he could have got there. <laughs> yes. Okay? And I don't care who that guy is. He doesn't want that problem when Miles Straw is in the stands. Uh, but on an alternative point, uh, when did – why are we throwing stuff? Like, why did that ever become the thing? Like, I've, it happens in so- – like, it happens in every sport. Like, why, why is that now, like, a reoccurring thing? You know I what I mean? I don't get it. Like, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't get – like – I do understand fans are inebriated, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you're making stupid decisions, and you're probably already an idiot to some degree if you're throwing something, like, like even when you're sober. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I Listen, people, they don't discriminate against who buys tickets. You can be an idiot. 
It's a great call. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But I, what I never have understood is you can usually find an idiot or two in a section, but then why does everybody do it? I know. Like, what you? most of you are grown-up people. Like, why are you throwing stuff on the field? Yeah. First of all, you paid like $15 for that damn thing. Yeah, you might as well, and that's the thing they said. Most of them had stuff in it still. Absolutely, like, get a lot your of money's times worth. You know what I mean? I, 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 I never. Yeah. I agree with you. I've never understood it, and the ridiculous nature of if you're way high up throwing something, anything that has any weight to it, as it's coming down. If it hits somebody, you seriously could hurt somebody. Well, yeah, like, like really could hurt somebody. I'm not saying with a hot dog, but if you're throwing like a, a, a can or yeah. or water or whatever. Coming from a hundred feet up in the air, I like. I just don't get what they're an idiot to, to gain. Like, if you really hurt, like, I don't know, man. Like, why are we throwing stuff? I, I, I don't know. Whatever. You do what you do. I don't know. It's bad. It's a bad look overall. And Aaron Judge is like, man, thank goodness I did not sign that extension. <laughs> so I can get out of here because I play right field, and they're going to get mad at me at some point. And now I know what these people are capable of, and I don't need that smoke. That's what Aaron Judge is thinking right now. Well. I will say this, though. Like, a couple weeks ago, I retweeted, like, the, the guy throwing the pizza at the other fan. <laughs> Remember that? Did you see that in the Boston, the Fenway Park? It was, like, what, years Listen. ago? It was, like, back in 2008 or something. That, that was pretty funny. Uh, but it was a piece of pizza. Well, like, two, you're not going to hurt somebody with a piece of pizza. If two fans make a business decision to fight in the stands, <laughs> yeah. that's all different, right? <laughs> but you can't you can't throw stuff at the people on the field. Man. I, thought, just can't I thought about this the other day, and I don't what – the, what's the Yankees' record even right now? Not good, I don't think. Like, they're okay. Like, they're not yeah. awful. But are the Yankees better if they get rid of Stanton? Yeah, you don't have to play him. Well, I'm serious. Like, I, I'm I serious. just get the feeling. Do you get the feel? Like, he just adds stress to everything else that they are stressed about. Like, everything's under the microscope. Yeah. And I almost feel like there would be some addition by subtraction like, if they got Stanton. Now, listen, I'm not a big Stanton fan, in full disclosure. But I just wonder if trade him away... And I wonder if that eases a little bit of the locker room stuff. I'm, I'm still convinced he's not the greatest of guys, but that's just my experiences. Ain't nobody else is getting their strikeouts posted on Twitter as often as Stanton. Like, it just takes something away from, like, oh, he struck out again. Like, it just it's a negative connotation you can get rid of. Like, does he add enough to them? I don't think so. And they just keep trying the same damn thing over and over. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. everybody's frustration and why the Celtics have been so dominant is, is also the type of basketball that, that the Brooklyn Nets are, are playing. If they're playing a ton of one-on-one against a great defensive team and those guys are stepping up to the plate, you go against the Golden State Warriors and that ball is moving and you got all four, you got all four of those guys moving the ball, popping the ball, shooting the ball, everybody playing a team version of basketball, that becomes exponentially harder to guard. Is that Jay Williams? No, didn't sound like him. Richard Jefferson. Ah, Richard Jefferson. I got to get him into my mental Rolodex. Who's like a TikTok star these days. Is he? Yeah. Brent Morton, Casey Kurtz. It's a Monday. It's draft week. We've talked a lot of football. We've even talked beet salad. Dummy worms. Still disgusting. Talked how the Yankees have the worst fans. Still facts. I don't really feel that way, but... Oh, they're showing it right now. Look, look at all that stuff flying on ESPN. <laughs> uh, the, oh, one of the umpires got hit. I didn't catch that before. 
He really did. Square in the back. And he turned around and was not thrilled. Yeah, that's not <laughs> cool. Wouldn't happen to robots. Not cool. <laughs> that's true. Take the umpires off the field. There you go. Tell you, we do a whole show on umpire. Be awesome. Or officials in general. Um, I want to remind you, we got full coverage all week long. CBS 47, Fox 30. Uh, we kind of started to unveil my sit-down interview with Trevor Lawrence last night at Action Sports X Primetime. More of that conversation, really every newscast, uh, 6, 10, and 11, catch us on the sports side on CBS 47, Fox 30. Then we'll have the in- interview in its entirety coming up on Thursday right here on ESPN 690. Uh, we have a lot of draft coverage leading up to Thursday, but uh, I'll be <laughs> just about morning, noon, and night on TV, and uh, we have you covered here 3 to 6, of course, to get you set. And then 7 to 10 is a, a special extravaganza that we started last year. I think it's the first time anybody's ever done it in town, and it was really a lot of fun, and we're doing it again. I don't know if the Jags pick, like, 14th if we'll do it, but now that they picked number one last year, number one this year, uh, we've got a big production, and uh, Stuart Weber will be in Vegas. We have you covered. Just uh, lock in Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, CBS 47, Fox 30. I'll be at Daly's Place with the radio show on Thursday and Friday. Uh, and so we, we will certainly have it all locked down on the draft front. And you can listen to the draft on ESPN 690 uh, this weekend. So make sure you do that as well. also want to uh, tell you a little bit. If you missed the grand opening of iCryo down in St. John's County, I was over there on Saturday. They had a great turnout. So appreciate everybody that stopped by. And um, they're open now, open for business, iCryo in the pavilion at Durban Park. Check them out. Check out all the different lifestyle services. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to go to the chamber, you can do that. $39 for a lifestyle service. They have different packages as well super for recovery helps a lot of different things from joint pain to arthritis to relieving headaches and more uh in just that's just the uh uh, therapy cryotherapy chamber they have iv infusions uh sauna red light therapy compression uh take the kids we did that uh with tyler and kaylee uh they use that compression Uh, kaylee's a pitcher so get that blood flow going that was weird and um you called him tyler Oh, instead of tie. That was all. Yeah. So uh, it's cool. It's good stuff. Uh, and we've been using it for a bit, even as they were uh, kind of getting ready to open and trying it out with the guinea pigs a little bit. And uh, it's it's really cool stuff. So I cry up down in uh, St. John's County. It's the Pavilion at Durban Park, and they are open for business. So congratulations to them on the grand opening plan is to be down at iCryo tomorrow. So come on out and say hello between 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. with the show, Action Sports Jacks. On ESPN 690. A couple quick hitters before we say goodbye here. And then uh, Casey and Brian Middleton, Action Sports Jacks OT tonight. Uh, If there's a surprise in the NBA playoffs right now, I'm going to say without Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. maybe on the verge of being swept. I think they're the only team that hasn't won a game in the postseason. Now they are. Is there another? Is it the Pelicans? And and Suns, even with Booker out, is that, that surprising considering he's hurt? Yeah, I mean... Probably because you wouldn't expect a team that was the best team in the league statistically and record-wise to be that reliant on one player. Um, you would have thought guys like Aiden and Chris Paul would be able to have them beat a team that was 10 games under 500. So that is surprising. Um, I think the Mavericks showed a, a pretty good amount not having Luka and playing well and being able to beat the Jazz, who are a team that are underwhelming. Obviously, that's going to end up being a good series, but I think the Mavericks deserve some love there to be able to win without Luka. Um, and I think the Warriors are really, really good. 
Um, they lost last night, it's three to one, whatever. But I, I don't know how good we really thought the Lake or the Warriors were with Steph Curry kind of on the outs or injury in a little bit. So I think we know the Warriors are really good. Surprised by the Mavs, and then uh, like you said, so how about Grayson Allen? Yeah, I mean Middleton goes down, and mm-hmm. the two games he just had in Chicago, where by the way he's public enemy number one, not the only place he's public yeah. enemy number one, but in Chicago right. he is, and they lit up the Bulls. And uh, what do you have, like 28 and 27 or yeah. 27 and something else? He's been good. I mean, it, yeah, it's uh, character development for sure. Um, <laughs> good for him, you know. Uh, hopefully he can make it through the series without something happening. And if we can just get to a finals with the Warriors and the Bucks, I don't know who's getting out, thrown out first, Draymond or Grayson Allen. So we're going to have to find out. <laughs> Stay tuned. That would actually be something. Yeah, well, um, I guess Draymond got thrown out yesterday, but that's because he fouled out. But, you know. There's always that opportunity with Draymond and Grayson Allen. I, I kind of feel I always have this conversation with, like, I, in my blood, I root for the local guys to do well. Sure. Go all the way back when, shoot, I used to love it when if there was a really good player that came out of Rhode Island and you saw him in the papers and stuff like that, and that's really neat. You know, then you get in the business and you, I mean, that's what you cover. That's what you do. I mean, I covered Rocco, one of my first big stories was Rocco Baldelli getting drafted. It's like one of the biggest stories in the history of my home state. Is really? that he got picked in the top five of the Major League Baseball draft. Like, oh, right. unheard of, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all the way to here where I say we actually take it for granted how much talent comes out of here and makes it to the Hall of Fame and <laughs> plays in the big leagues and, like, just significant stars. We haven't had a ton of basketball guys. We certainly have some, including Artis Gilmore, of course. But racing out. So, I like to naturally root for the hometown guy and watch him do well. And so I think it's cool that Grayson's playing well right now. I think it's cool that he's found himself and found a home in Milwaukee and got at least a little bit away from all the noise of the Duke stuff. Right. And now he created a little bit more of the Chicago stuff. But I don't think that's as – I think it's kind of calmed down. And now his play is doing the talking. Which is the ultimate goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's a good player, man. I mean, he's going to turn into a 10-, 12-year NBA guy with significant impact. Yeah. For sure. It's good to see. I'm, I'm for the locals, you know. And he's got that kind of talent, though. Like, where he, he does can have put talent. 27 a game. I mean, he went to Duke. Like, it's not. Like, he, he starred at Duke yeah. when they won that national title. He, like, carried them in the tournament. It's a good call. So, I, I always find it interesting. I put the question out there, like, do you root for Grayson Allen? You got to. Until something happens and you jump ship. Very fast. Like, Whoa. Like, I don't get the sense no. people do root for Grayson Allen, even though it would be like, yeah, that's our guy. Screw you, the rest of the world. We're Duval. We're Jacksonville. And that's that. our guy. Yeah, that's true. We don't care if he tripped people or not. We don't care if he tripped Duval will trip you, what? too. Hey, tell you what. <laughs> trip you right in the airport. Don't even try. <laughs> All right. Action Sports Jacksonville team coming up next. It's uh, Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton. Stay tuned on ESPN 690. It's draft week, baby. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. Come down and see me 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. for my cryo in St. John's County at the Pavilion at Durban Park. We'll be back right after this with Action Sports Jacks OT, and I'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30.